Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni-channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. Alrighty, hello, Learn to Listen. Today, we are joined by a very special guest and friend. Monroe, thank you so much for coming on today. I know we've been trying to get this scheduled out for a little while, and so I'm very excited that we are finally now currently here talking, and I can't wait to dive into it. But before we do, I'm going to ask you to give an intro of yourself wherever you want to take it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and like you had mentioned, going back and forth, but I've just been diving into the idea myself of potentially starting a podcast and wanted to see the inner works of how you do it and really love to see what you've done with it. So excited to move forward and start this process with you and just dive into it. Yes, I'm so excited too. I'm always, I would love to share um, everything with you. So um, before we get into that, I always like to kind of start off with a background of, you know, who you are, how we met. And so uh, Monroe was a volleyball player at Notre Dame. So we were both athletes there together. And uh, I believe it was Sam who first connected us. So my one of my teammates, Sam, shout her out if you're listening, uh, connected me with Monroe and Sam and Monroe lived together senior year. So um, it's just been like so fun. And I honestly can't wait to hear what you have to say about what I, the questions that I have queued up for ourselves. Um, but one of the things that I'm, this maybe is a different direction than what you're anticipating, but, um, curious to see what you have to say about this is I feel like as a person, like a persona, you are very like very kind and very like spiritual. And one of the things I love about you is on your Instagram stories, you'll put like daily spiritual quotes and like, um, which I don't know if you would call them spiritual, but I find them like very enlightened quotes. Um, and so my question for you is like, when did you kind of start doing that? Cause obviously I mentioned like senior years when we met and we're recording this, you know, a year after graduation. So it's been about like two years. And so I'm curious, like, is this something new that you started? What's kind of the, the reasoning behind it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to Sam. Yes. Sam has connected me with some great friends and happy that we've gotten to connect and continue our friendship, even though Sam is on the other side of the country now. But um, to dive into that. Yeah, no, that is kind of something funny. A lot of people do kind of comment on the way that I post on Instagram. And I think to me, it just kind of over time became something natural that was a part of me. I think who I kind of catered what I follow and the content that I kind of take in really has started to be what I share. So just naturally over the course, honestly, I would say probably the middle of college is when it kind of started to take the forefront in my mind. I think some of the difficulties of being a student athlete um, and being at a university like Notre Dame, I just kind of had to figure out what kept me grounded, what kept me in my faith and spirituality, like I agree with you, I think there's kind of different pieces to both and people look at faith in a certain way and spirituality. And I feel like those kind of intertwine in my life and 
kind of both components are shared, but really just going through some difficulties in college. And as we get older, just kind of discovering who we really are and what we really believe in kind of led to some of the things I share. And I mainly post because I find it like impactful to me and just little tidbits of knowledge but then I'm like well maybe somebody else wants to look at this and this might help them or inspire them in some way so I'm not shy to share those things yeah which I love because I think too like there's obviously two sides to every coin and so social media right like if you're there can be a very negative impact of social media and so that's why I always know like with your with your page it's like very positive very enlightening um there aren't really going to be those at least in my opinion, those things that you see and kind of bring you down, but it's rather like an upper. And so I think when you say, when you said it kind of keeps you grounded, I love that aspect. And then obviously sharing that's the great part about social media is something that impacts you might impact someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I love that you, you share that. And so that's one of the things um, just cause I think that speaks to your persona as a whole as well, that I wanted to kick off Um kick off this call with. And so my follow-up question for you is how would you describe yourself? It's a little bit more of a meta question, but I can't wait to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Yeah, that is a tough one. And probably one I would have beaten myself up over trying to prepare an answer for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think, I think we're all just really complex individuals and I don't want to dive into a whole different spiel there, but kind of to touch on that and actually one thing that has inspired me to kind of want to start my own podcast eventually down the road is realizing how complex we all are and seeing the podcast world develop. There's everybody has a space. There's a million people I know who do podcasts, but everyone's is a little different. And I think realizing how we all have different aspects to us. And I think that to answer your question, seeing all the different pieces of me being a student athlete, some of like my interests and things aligning with that, like health, nutrition, fitness, but then also the dynamics of my faith and spirituality that pulls a lot into me. And I think sometimes can get a little confusing in our world today, especially I am like would say I am religious. And I know a lot of people have different views on that and we all have our own interpretations but that's why I kind of tie my faith and spirituality together and find them intertwined and then I mean I just I see myself as a very loving person I love my friends love my family like just have a lot of love to give back to the world and I think that's why spirituality is important to me and not just faith because I think no matter what you believe in like love is kind of the bottom line and just like giving love to everyone and just wanting to make the world a better place. I think that's kind of one of my mission statements or things I live by is like, I want to leave everything and everyone that I like come in contact with better than I found them if possible. And just like continuing to work on becoming like the best person I can be when there's a lot of not so great things going on in our world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love that distinction of faith and spirituality, like being different, but tied together, obviously. So, and I, I promise this will be one of the last meta questions I'll throw your way, but if you kind of had to like differentiate it or what's your, what's your uh, point of view or your perspective of how you differentiate like spirituality and faith, or are they really like to you very similar? Cause I, I have my own interpretation. So I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely putting that out there that it's my own interpretation and don't want anyone to think that I 
think my answer is correct, but I would say like, I'm loosely very Christian, like in faith, very like contemporary Christian, non-denominational. And then spirituality wise, I just think those are kind of pulling from different areas of my life with everything that you can kind of learn through manifestation and other people believing like there's not a God and there's other things or like the universe is in control and like everybody has their own ties. But I think mine like really pulls together and like one weird moment I had that kind of helped that for me because I grew up in a religious household. So sometimes when spirituality and I feel like it's become a bigger thing people are aware of these days, I was kind of like, am I going against my religion becoming spiritual and I really had like comfort in finding that they tie together. And I literally had a book that I was reading about um, just being in touch with your intuition and like learning habits to gain better insight from your intuition. And I was like, is intuition like a, something I should believe in or not believe in? And then like the next day in my like daily devotional that I have, it was talking about intuition and like some might believe it's from like the Holy Spirit and this and that. So once I like read that, I feel like I just was like, everyone can have their own interpretation. And whether I'm saying I agree with that or not, it's like, you can make it what you want it to be. Some people believe in like the universe, some people believe in God. But at the end of the day, I think it's just important that we all like want to treat others how we want to be treated and love our neighbor. That's something that comes from the Bible. But like all religions, all beliefs, at the end of the day, we're just trying to like be good people to each other and be kind and like, that's what I want to get out there to people. So I don't always want to push it from a religious standpoint or a spiritual standpoint and more just like, that's who I want to be as a person. Yeah. Kind of like a moral standpoint. Yeah. Like, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly um, kind of my interpretation as well. And I will echo, like, I love that everyone can have their own interpretations, but um, we're very similar in that aspect where it's leading with love. Like, I love that you, uh, had said that a little bit earlier in the podcast and so like rooted in kindness I think that's what grounds yeah Yeah, I think you made a good point I feel like it's just like what you value and like just kind of like your ethics and beliefs so just like who you are as a person and interpret it how you want but let's just all like have those underlying good values yeah I think it's a very healthy relationship to have you know that um those like inquisitive questions about yourself and what you believe in and really do the work to like be pensive about it. And, um, you know, think about is like, is this a belief or is this a core value or is it something that just happens? Like it's kind of more of those, um, philosophical questions, but those are kind of the questions that I love. Cause I feel like you learn more about a person understanding how they see the world than you do, you know, asking, um, just about like, how's your day or anything like that. Right. So, um, with that though, I would like to pivot. So we mentioned it briefly, but obviously volleyball has been a large part of your identity. Um, so can you give us the backstory of like how you got into volleyball? Um, how long you've been playing? Cause I don't even know if I know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, I feel like sometimes us athletes, we want to talk about anything else besides our sport to each other. So we don't always know that backstory. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I volleyball, like you said, has been a part of my life since basically day one. I have two older sisters and the oldest one is eight years older than me. So they played and I was around it since I could basically walk. Um, I think I got into it like getting on a team around like third grade. 
just in like some local teams in my town. Um, but then fifth grade is when I really made the decision to take it on more seriously. I was playing softball as well before that. And then I kind of made the decision to play volleyball all year round. So I decided at a pretty young age, I think I was like 12, that volleyball was what I wanted to do and spend a lot of time there. And just, I definitely am a very driven person and like want to stick to something. So made that decision early and then just kind of didn't look back. And not that I say it's the best decision. I do have some regrets of not playing other sports or dabbling elsewhere, but obviously it made me be able to be as successful with volleyball, kind of putting all the time I did there. But yeah, so joined a travel team in fifth grade, played all the way up through high school, did the whole recruiting process, early high school, um, and then kind of took my path. And it wasn't really conventional of how I got to Notre Dame, but it ended up just kind of stars aligning and was the best opportunity for me. And I committed to Notre Dame going into my junior year of high school. And then, yeah, and then we got to meet each other. And now I'm a year out of college, but yeah. Okay, curious, um, non-conventional way of getting there. What do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's not super crazy, but I just, being near Notre Dame, my hometown is 45 minutes from Notre Dame. I, my middle school, early high school brain was like, I'm going to go to the best volleyball school. I'm going to go as far away from home as I can, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I actually, because of my parents and my grandpa being a good influence on me and being like, okay, let's look at our like whole picture of life, um, just kind of pushed me a little to entertain those opportunities. But uh, they had different coaching at the time. And I met with the coaches, I watched some games, and I just really didn't feel like I connected there. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, my young brain, like I said, wanted best volleyball. School was not at the top of my brain. Um, so I just kind of didn't entertain that any further, met them once and it just kind of went by the wayside. And then my sophomore year, I had a club coach who had a connection to the new coaches that were coming into Notre Dame and heard about the new coaches, what their history was, and was excited to hear someone wanted to turn around the program. And then since I kind of had that connection, that coach started watching me and they were kind of interested in me. So then it kind of flipped the switch in my mind. It was like, oh, I can be a part of this program and rebuild what Notre Dame has going on. And the coaches were super well known, was excited to come into it, this and that. And that was kind of what I ended up committing to. And it all kind of spun. It was like later than I wanted to commit to a school, but I was just trying to figure it all out. And then it ended up kind of all stars aligning and committing to these new coaches. And that kind of decision was made. So yeah, I was definitely not in my picture like a year before and then once all those changes happened it kind of seemed like a good opportunity for me yeah no that's that's interesting I didn't know that they switched the coaching staff so was it our freshman year then that they took over or was it our senior year of high school they took over I want to say actually our for their first season was going into my junior year of high school so they had two years under their belt before we got there um, but yeah, so it was like my freshman, sophomore year of high school. When I first started going into the recruiting process, they were the old coaches and I wasn't something really of my interest didn't really align with me. But then when they switched and when I was towards the end of my recruiting process, but it was kind of an unknown to commit to, cause they obviously had a good track record, but hadn't gone into Notre Dame at all. So. 
yeah yeah I'm sure it was right like a little bit of a gamble you're sitting there you're like okay like right. new coaches like I really like what they have to um have to say and what you've seen of them but there isn't that like legacy or that um kind of like proof to the paper right and right. so that's interesting like I didn't know the history there um and having like a newer team. Cause I do think with like, obviously every year it's a new team, right? Like in right. athletics and every change and every coaches and athletes that they're switching in and out, it obviously changes the dynamic. And, um, when you were speaking, it kind of reminded me of my high school rowing team because our freshman year, which is the spring of freshman years, when I joined our rowing team was the first year that we had our high school rowing team back. So there had been like a little bit of a period where they were a thing and then it faded out because there was just not in, not a ton of interest and the coach left and then brought it back. And that was our freshman year. And so like kind of seeing, having a front seat to a new young team, seeing what that's like to build a whole program, um, definitely like interesting and learned a lot from it, right? Like you're kind of pulling yourself up from the bootstraps and I guess, you know, high school, obviously, um, my high school rowing team was a lot less funded than a collegiate team. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. Do you, do you think with the, um, newer coaching staff, there was like, a um, what do you think they like from seeing them start out? What do you think you like learned from them seeing how kind of like throughout the four years, um, they like established the team more? Yeah. Well, we also had, I mean, some of our coaches stayed, but we also had a change while I was there. Our head coach left, um, but then the rest of our staff kind of stepped up. But I would say, honestly, I came in at like an interesting time. So like I had mentioned, they had a few years with the team before we got there and a lot of girls stayed. So they got to kind of work with them. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic coming into almost not obviously a seasoned team, but they had gotten about two years with the coaches and started to kind of catch on to the way they were doing things and work into it. And then kind of be thrown into the fire as all freshmen are and kind of trying to realize what's new because it's all new to everyone. So you don't really have that upperclassman being able to guide you as much because it's new to everyone. Um, but then also trying to like find your way and work with the new coaches. So it was interesting, but I mean, a lot happened for the program and it was amazing, like decisions for them. They were, I think the first season when I was committed to them and like watching games, since I live so close, I came to a lot of the home games, pretty sure they only won like two games that year. Um, and then by the time it was our my freshman year, so three seasons later from that, we finished in the middle of the ACC. We made it to the first round of the NCAA tournament. So they were pretty quick in being able to like turn things around. And then out of my four years there, we went to the tournament, three of them always were finishing at the top of the ACC. And the ACC has honestly just continued to get stronger with volleyball um, and just all around good teams. Not, not necessarily just like the top three are good, but everybody's kind of getting better. So that was really cool to see and just see how much the staff influenced the team and kind of rebuilding process. But it was definitely a huge learning experience to be a part of that. And I don't think I would be who I am today if I didn't go through like all of the difficulties of helping like rebuild and be a part of that process. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a um, very clear and um, relatable statement. Like I don't think, you know, having, um, if I'm relating this to my high school experience, building that program, like 
just seeing, um, kind of like having to remake a name for yourself and the team is a very cool and fortunate, um, perspective to have. Cause I think it definitely humbled me in a lot of ways, right? Like people are like rowing, like I, especially, I mean, on the East coast, it's more, um, it's a like more well known sport, but Midwest, I mean, it's like, people are like, wait, what? Yeah. And so it was kind of cool to like have almost, at least from my, uh, from my experience, like no expectation and then prove people wrong. Right. Like when yeah. we started doing well and really, um, really showing up and like fully dedicating ourselves. That's when we start, we saw, we started to see the, the traction as a team and as a program. And so hearing you talk about like finding your way, obviously freshman year is chaotic. Um, any new giant change, it's, it's a lot to take in, let alone, you know, you're part of the draw of athletics, I think is the aspect that you'll have a team already at a school when you, get there. And so I can only imagine in college as well, trying to find a program, um, or trying to fit into a program, but also trying to find yourself is very difficult. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, so that was, you kind of covered freshman year and sophomore year, the transition, um, with the new coaches and the team and really seeing that trajectory, um, build and then of course we get to junior year and COVID hits (laughs) so COVID hits 2020 um we obviously get sent home our junior year um and I talked about this a little bit with previous guests of like what was that like for you just kind of being uprooted like expectations differences so I would love to have you kind of speak to that if you're comfortable of saying like, what was that like? I know you obviously live close to Notre Dame. So um, did you go back home or did you like set up home yeah. somewhere else or walk me through all that? Yeah. So COVID that was an interesting time for sure. Um, so basically with COVID, this is not to do with sports, but I was on spring break in Mexico with no cell service. So went to Mexico for four days and there was kind of like in the air like COVID was a thing but like nobody was doing anything about it and the day I landed I had like 300 some text messages school was shut down I missed a call with our team saying that we were canceling our spring season like I basically was shut out of the world for four days and came back and life as I knew it was flipped upside down. So that was like, none of the progression. I at least had like, it was like 48 hours cause we were on spring break for rowing. And so it was just like a slow roll of seeing everything, yeah. but you like turn on yeah. that phone and you're like, Oh, I'm back. And right. <laughs> yeah, no, it was absurd. And then just seeing all the things like with spring sports get like canceled, they were pulling teams off the courts for things, like just so chaotic, which was like, is wild to think like even happened. I feel like we all still haven't even like processed what actually happened. Um, But yeah, so that whole kind of situation happened. And I know we went through that period where we're like, oh, we'll come back in a few weeks. Like this is going to die down. So we all kind of had hopes, like our trainer, like sent some workouts to do while we were home, like just kind of normal things. We're like, oh, we'll be back in a few weeks or like a, yeah, summer like a Christmas break, you know, right. Like, right. Like just another long, long break. break. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, cause like spring for us, we do have a spring season towards the end of the semester. We'll do a couple scrimmages and whatnot, but it doesn't really count for anything. So 
we were a team that wasn't super worried. Like we weren't losing our season yet. Um, but then I actually had another fun twist to it all. I had dealt with back issues the fall previously. Um, but then when I was working out at home, there was just kind of one week period. I don't really know what I did that made it worse or whatnot, but I actually like slipped discs in my back even more and had a pinched nerve and my whole left leg went numb. So I was also dealing with that when COVID first happened. And I actually ended up having to have back surgery that summer, like end of summer um, before we went back to school. So not only was COVID kind of playing on things for me, but I kind of went through that process with the injury as well. Um, so then when we came back in the fall, we actually were one of the few schools who were going to play a lot of conferences like Big Ten just completely said no fall games, nothing. Um, but us as the ACC decided we were going to play some games and literally the chaos just kind of continued. I, I was a little removed because I wasn't playing and I was recovering from my back surgery. But basically up until like weeks before the games were actually happening, we still didn't know if they were happening and the schedules were getting changed and people were dropping out and things of that nature because it was every player's choice and it was every school's choice. So we really didn't even know until like the week going into it. We played with masks on in the fall. We like had to do such crazy protocol for like contact tracing, all of these things. Basically, we weren't even like counted as contacts for our teammates, only our roommates. Like we stayed away from everyone, like so much isolation. It was like crazy just to kind of get those games in. Um and then once we kind of played that, we finished up around Thanksgiving and we didn't get like a full season in. We were going to finish up the rest in the spring, um, came back in the spring. And that's when more teams picked up. And we actually ended up having like an NCAA tournament in the spring and like made it to that. But it was just a whirlwind. I was feeling for my teammates. I was going through like my recovery process. I actually came back in January or February and got to play a little bit in our spring season, but I was feeling for my teammates. They had been in South Bend from like end of July, beginning of August. They got a little time home in the winter, but we were basically playing from that fall all the way till like April. And it was just like a long year. And I know it's super taxing on everyone physically, but I think more mentally just kind of the isolation, the stress of who's getting contact traced this week, who can practice, who can't. So there's just a lot of chaos to it all. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's interesting that obviously like everyone it's, you know, it's um, one of those things where it's like, where were you when this national, this global news hit? And so I can't imagine like being kind of siloed in Mexico and then you come back and it's, you know, like really everything is flip of a switch changes. Um, and then, like you said, this is why I asked the question. I'm glad you went into it. Um, so it's a little bit leading on my part, but I'm glad you brought up your injury because I, in, in, uh, in drawing parallels between us, I, when I was injured, I was, like surrounded by my teammates because it was sophomore year when I was injured. And so my question for you is, do you think maybe harder and easier isn't, I don't think that's the, that encompasses everything that I want to ask, but do you think like the, 
your recovery from your back injury would have looked different if you had been like on campus or, um, like not trying to recover during the global pandemic. Yeah, no, I think that is interesting. Well, fortunately (laughs) and unfortunately enough, I also had foot surgery this spring of our sophomore year, like going into that summer. So I can kind of navigate through being around your team. You exactly. Where I yep. <laughs> um, but I think it had its pros and cons. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to take some time to decide on having surgery, to try other methods, to do cortisone shots, to do physical therapy and try and heal things another way. Um, I also felt less pressured from a timeline because we didn't really know volleyball wise what was going on yet. Um, but it had its pros because I would say I got to focus more on my recovery. I mean, there was nothing to do. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. So really I was just doing school and taking care of my back. Um, but kind of from the cons, like you saying, not really being around your team, um, there's a huge difference. I'll plug someone in here. Lauren Woodard was like my saving grace when I was going through my <laughs> foot surgery um, because she unfortunately had to go through shoulder surgery like soon before I had that. Um, so she kind of just knew. And I feel like injured people always kind of buddy together on teams because they just sure. if you don't go through it, you don't know what it's like. And I don't hope that everyone has to go through that, but it's just easier to kind of bond with people with similar experiences. Um, so I would say it was tough not really having my teammates be able to be there or even kind of understand to the extent of what was kind of going on for me. Like I didn't even get to be there for their first couple weeks back because of COVID protocols. Um, and me being injured, like I just didn't even go back to school until we started classes. So my teammates were there doing stuff a few weeks before I could even like be allowed on campus, which was tough for me. Um, and then just like the isolation of us having to be conscious of who we were close contacts with, like I couldn't feel as involved, I feel like as I would have been, especially going into our senior year, I was a captain on our team. So I think it was difficult for me to be going through an injury, to try and be this captain of a team, but also keep our distance away from each other and things like that. So there were pros and cons to it, but like you said, it's always good to be kind of surrounded by your people. Yeah. I think that's, I, 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 that's exactly why I asked because I do think that it makes a difference obviously to be by your people. And so for me, when I was going through my injury recovery um is the sound like is it coming out weird is it skipping sounds okay on my end okay it's like skipping on my end that's weird it's bothering me but it's fine um (laughs) okay maybe it's the microphone whatever um anyways so when I was going through my injury like being by my teammates like you said like just kind of find your little pod like we always shout out um a couple of my teammates like the bike squad was all of us who was injured yes no I am a pro biker I think all injured people are pro biker Mm -hmm, exactly you know it um and one of the I've, I've spoken to this a little bit in previous episodes as well um so if you're hearing again listeners I apologize but I want to get Monroe's take on this um for me because like you're sitting, you're sitting on the bike and you know, you're, you're removed from the normal practice, the normal conditioning. 
and my injury hit when it's winter, um, for rowing. So winter conditioning, and it's just, you know, it's bleak, um, to generalize it. And so the guilt that I had of not training with the rest of my team, because I was injured. And obviously like I, I didn't do anything to break my rib and it was just the nature, you know, bad stuff going on. So, um, my question to you is like, now you have your, your foot, which sophomore year and you're back heading into senior year. Um, do you, did you have any of that guilt as far as like not being able to train with your teammates, um, when they're like working hard or like any, what was your kind of, um, your interpretation or your, like, what emotions were you feeling during the recovery process? Yeah. So for my foot, I would say it was a little easier. I actually knew I needed surgery the beginning of our spring season. So probably as early as February. Um, but I played the whole spring season on it and then got surgery when our spring season ended. So I like pushed myself through it and timed it with when we would have a little time off before summer. So I was kind of like not saying that was probably the best thing to do to play on it, but like I was proud of myself for being able to like support my team and push through that. Honestly, that spring was my best spring for myself, like physically and mentally, like being able to overcome that and play on it and just be really hardworking and just be like, I don't care what's going on with my foot right now, but I'm just going to like give all this effort I can to get better and seeing how much I could get better, even when I wasn't a hundred percent. Um, that summer was a little tough summer is when it's our like hardest workouts. So I did feel a little bit of that, especially being around them while they're going through them. And I've always kind of been a leader on the team in my like second half, like junior, senior year. Um, so I think it's hard for me as a leader because I'm more of like, okay, you're going to see how hard I'm working and that's going to motivate you to work hard for me and your teammates. So when I can't physically do that, it's tough. Um, but I think my foot was a little easier because I was putting in my own hard work in a different way. And I think I tried to have that perspective and because of the timing of it, I also both my injuries, not saying this is a good thing, but I'm proud. I came back early than I was supposed to for both my recoveries. Like I worked really hard in my PT and was able to come back like day one of report day in the fall after my foot, when we didn't think I'd be back till September, or October. So that was like a huge accomplishment for me and kind of made me feel less guilty because I did my work that I could do at that time. Um, but then kind of going to my back, I would say it was a little different. I think that was a bigger mental toll on me. My foot was only when I couldn't walk, like when walking was taken away from me from like a month or two, I was in a very low mental place, just like waking up and not being able to just like simply get out of bed and go to the bathroom was hard. But I think my back was a bigger mental toll. It was physically more painful for me and it was kind of bothering me all the time. I think the pressures of COVID and whatnot going on also made me just not in the best mental place. Um, and that was a longer recovery, longer dealing with things, but being around my team and supporting them was something to kind of take my mind off of it. Um, but I think I always kind of had the hard balance cause that was the year I was a captain with my back injury. I had a hard balance of being able to push my teammates because I couldn't physically like be doing it with them.
Mm-hmm. That's kind of a long, complex answer, but that's kind of the gist of how I felt about those. No, I love it. I love that you'll like go. I love the complex answers. Come on, we're, we're on a podcast. We have, to, <laughs> we have to dive into all of them, um, dive into things as much as we can. And so, no, I appreciate you being willing and vulnerable to share because I know it definitely, um, I feel like just the more we talk about everyone's different experiences, the more one relatable it is for everyone. Um, so if anyone, you know, is going through, I know teammates who are still in athletics, they've become injured. And I definitely have, um, made it a point to like reach out to them because I do know it's, you know, not every athlete, hopefully every athlete doesn't have to go through injury, but it also is a main, um, or it's, it is a big part of your life or it becomes a big part of your life once it pertains to you. And so I, I appreciate you going into all of that. And now that, you know, we're a little bit away from athletics, I think it's easier for me at least to process and be like, yeah, that was a very tough time to go through. Um, and I'm proud of you one for like getting through all the training and PT that it takes. Cause I definitely know how, uh, grueling or repetitious or, um, tedious. It can be at least in my experience of doing like little movements when you're, Oh yeah. You're so used to like just lifting and you know, like you're so, so used to being athletic. And then it's like, no, sit down with this like rubber band and go stretch it. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I just want to go and move and do something that your body is obviously doesn't need in that moment. And so, um, inter like, I think that's great that you have that timeline and that you, um, were able to come back early. I, I, there's a little bit of, um, I guess I like jealousy from my standpoint. Cause I, when I, I didn't have like a timeline, like we didn't know if it was going to be six weeks or six months because a rib, like it just, it obviously moves. Right. So there's not much that you can do with it other than just continue to exist and give treatment and hope that it, eventually heals itself. Um, so when you talk about timelines, I was like, wow, that's, that, that's really powerful. And there's definitely moments in my PT where I was like, Oh God, like, is it, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? You know, like, is it gonna, all these like rubber band stretches and like breathing practices, are they really going to pay off? And luckily they did, right. Like I was able to, um, eventually row and finish out my career, but I definitely appreciate the kind of like longer answer there to really dive into all of it. Yeah. No, I, I think your feelings are super valid because my foot was like a clean break, easy fix type thing. Like it wasn't a huge surgery. I mean, I was out for like three months, but like it was quick recovery in a general sense and just timeline. Um, but then with my back, like they were like, you might not be able to play again. So like me speaking to coming back early was basically like we had worst case scenario in our mind that I might never be able to play after I had my surgery. Um, so I can definitely relate to that in ways, but then obviously getting to be on the more fortunate side of it and be able to come back, but it is a tough mental game and going through that. And is it all going to pay off? And I think like the biggest lessons that I learned in my time of like going through injuries is like patience and just also like changing perspective of things and, you kind of find your peace and have a different perspective and like, okay, what can I learn in this new chapter of my life or this new role that I have to take? Because like you said, I can't just get up and run. And I think us athletes, we don't have patience. We want to be back. Like, that's why I'm so happy. I was back sooner than I was. Cause we just like have these timelines. We want to be, we want to be at our best all the time. 
and being injured is a time that you can really learn lessons if you slow down and kind of see things from a different perspective. And when we slow down and we're forced to slow down, then we can kind of take that all in. Yeah. That element of being forced to slow down, I think is definitely um, a key point there, but what do what do you think? So like, as you're talking about slowing down, like, do you think you could pinpoint anything that you like learned in those time periods that you were able to like take the time that you would have been like, go, go, go and refocus it to other places? Yeah, I think me for like my personal lessons, not really to just give someone general advice, but for me, it allowed me to have to learn who Monroe was without volleyball before it was completely like over before I decided to be done playing. Um, And I think that was a huge thing for me because I think all of us as athletes, we start at such a young age. So we equate what we put all of our time into like who we are and you kind of go through this pivotal point, whether it's when you're ending your career, when you're in high school or later on or going through injuries or, it not working out to what you want it to, you kind of come to this moment. You're like, Oh wait, like who I am. I like, I'm not putting all this time into this and this has made up my whole life. So you kind of feel like you're kind of lost a little bit or have to rebuild. Um, So I kind of see that as a fortunate situation. And that goes with me trying to change my perspective on things, but my sophomore junior year, having to figure out other aspects of my life and who I am. And that all kind of ties back to the Instagram thing in the beginning Um, but really just got the chance to know who I was as a whole person rather than just a volleyball player. Um, I also think it proved to myself that I can be a leader and my voice can be heard in a different way. Um, in high school and all growing up volleyball, I was always a captain. was always starting, was always playing all the time, like was not taken off the floor. And then college was very different for me. I didn't play that much. I didn't have the role I wanted to. Um, but coming to my senior year and my team voting me on to be a captain and I never really having the minutes I wanted to on the court, I think really just proved to me and showed me a different perspective that you are heard and you are a leader, but it might look a little different in this chapter of your life. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Very well said. Um, (laughs) yeah. And I love, I think that is something that I've been very privy to lately is like kind of unwinding your identity from sport or like whatever you mainly value in your life. Like if it's school, right. Like, and you go into the workforce and all you know is that you're getting like A's and you're a top student or that you're like a musician and you transition away from that for whatever reason, like whatever you most value and put your time into, it does like it very heavily conflates with your identity. And so if there's a point where you transition away from those, um, those things that give you a lot of value and fulfillment and all of that, it's very hard to like still tie back to the person that you were or um, like the, the lessons that you've learned and then bring that forth in your identity, especially when, um, you know, it's maybe it's something else in life that's making you make that decision and it isn't necessarily fully your decision. So I love that, you know, of course there's good and bad with everything, but with injury, you could see and start to kind of unravel um, that like very close nature that you had with volleyball and be able to be like, oh, like this is the person I am. These are the life lessons that I've learned and my beliefs and stuff like that. And be able to kind of do that before 
you're necessarily, I don't want to say forced, but by society and by your age, like obviously you're done with college. If you're not going to play professionally, you're, you're out of the sport. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's beautiful. And the last note that I want to ask, and it goes along with this very well is what would you say, like you're prioritizing right now in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. I am (laughs) kind of still trying to figure that out. Um, I mean, one of my intentions that I set for myself after graduating last year was I wanted to slow down, um, college sports, growing up, being an athlete, you are go, go, go. Every hour of every day is planned out. Like you cannot even sit down and enjoy a meal. Um, so kind of one of the intentions I had for myself the last year was to slow down to do the things that I couldn't do. So because of COVID or because of being a student athlete, like going to visit people that I haven't been able to visit, do new things, like have days where I don't have every hour planned out. Um, But I'll say it's gotten me very antsy to do things. So now kind of going into this next chapter, I know you and I have talked about it, but me moving down to Arizona, which is now like six weeks away, which is crazy to think about. Um, But I think kind of honestly rediscovering things that I like to do. I mean, in fitness, nutrition is always kind of ingrained in me. And then obviously being in the working world now, but there's still like so many hours in our day or things that we can enjoy to do. So really, as I'm taking this journey down, um, I've just kind of the next few weeks, just really wanted to spend time with my family and who's kind of in the area of this chapter of my life. And then just kind of having my best foot forward to go see what Arizona holds for me and kind of what this next chapter will say for me because I think I've been in this little turning point of kind of letting go of college and who I was and just slowing down and learning the lessons I can and now I'm kind of ready to step into this new chapter so TBD on what all that will be for me (laughs) yeah I mean I would say you're prioritizing you know your your happiness um your your goals yeah that's that's wonderful I'm so excited like I cannot wait I'm so invested in seeing Arizona what it's like for you Um, (laughs) you'll have to come visit for sure but yeah no I agree investing in my happiness and kind of developing myself further all back to the qualities I want to have and spending that time reflecting on myself and seeing how this next chapter I can only continue to be better at doing that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, this has been so fun, Monroe. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and your thoughts. Um, this is one of my favorite things to do is just kind of like sit down with a friend or a stranger and just talk to them about like life in general. Um, that's what learn to listen is all about. So truly thank you. Um, I know our listeners are going to very much enjoy this episode. Yes. No, thank you so much for having me on. You made it a great time and our time flew by. So I appreciate you having me on. Thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation. I hope you take away with each episode, maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals.